1: The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media. And explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us. From social media to citizen journalism. To the logo on the front of your favourite t-shirt. It's all part of the Communication Mixdown. Each week, Thursday, 6 to 6.30. Communication Mixdown. Cranking up. Right here on 3CR. Welcome to Communication Mixdown, where we examine how we communicate with each other in an increasingly fast paced, networked world. I'm Jen Martin, and helping me out today is John Langer, as always, keeping things safe for us. So, how much are you enjoying playing the game of life? Are you slaying monsters? Are you racking up the wins? Or do you have the distinct impression that you're the one getting played? Well, you may not be imagining it. In fact, you may even be choosing it. For better or for worse, our lives are becoming increasingly gamified. And today's show is going to examine how and why. So joining us in the studio today at 3CR is Adam Brown, whose many credentials include Senior Lecturer of Screen and Design at Deakin University. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, look, let's begin with an explanation for our listeners of what exactly gamification is.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, gamification is something that's been around for a long time, but as a term, it's probably only six to seven years old. So the broad and representative definition would be that gamification is the application of game design elements so bits of games parts of games in non-gaming contexts. so it's not gaming and that's sort of the the first thing that everyone jumps to and gets turned off by or gets turned on by potentially but it's it's the application of what works about games in lots of different non-gaming contexts.
1: Great. So there's also another distinction if we get this out of the way early between structural and the um, the, the content of gamification.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, there's Carl Kapp is is someone online who's talked about this a lot. So there's there's different kinds of gamification, and as I said, lots of different contexts. Things, can, media content, particularly in sort of educational areas and and the health industry and HR, so professional development can structurally gamify certain tasks that people need to get done, don't want to get done, or are a little bit lacklustre in their motivation to get done. Whereas content gamification is more game-like content or delivery. So you've actually got the game design elements integrated into media a little bit more, but I mainly focus on structural gamification.
1: Okay, so let's let's get into it. Give me some examples of, of gamification.
0: Yeah, well, I, I suppose the f- first ones that I, I often um, bring up and people's eyes light up or they, they get a bit nervous is uh, Pokemon Go is is one instance where people even talk about whether that's gaming or gamification in some contexts it's probably both in a lot of different ways but um, it, that's kind of the one key example in the very recent past that we've seen the possible real you know vigorous motivation to get out there and gamify something. Uh, there was great examples of people gamifying Animal welfare by walking. Some animal welfare organisations were allowing their dogs to be walked while people hunted Pokemon, and that actually led to some adoption. So it was kind of a a neat little area of Pokemon Go that not many people know about. Uh, Other areas, sort of the Boost Juice app that your listeners might have played, or things like something like Snapchat, which people use on a daily basis, or they see their kids using. And that's got unlockable sort of achievements or badges within that app. Most people don't even think of gamification, they haven't heard the term or even if they have, until someone explains it to them. But that's gamified and that works for a lot of people, not everyone. But Snapchat is essentially gamified to varying degrees.
1: And also... To, um Adam, I, I know, you know, you, you're teaching at, at university and we've talked about this, the fact that, you know, the university degree is is a point <laughs> system, isn't it? It's a very boring example of gamification.
0: Yeah, well, I, it is. And that's sort of how far it goes back in a sense. You know, how how long have we been role playing in, in classes? And actually, that's a form of gamification. Um, what I often tell my students, because I gamify my teaching of digital media in various ways, um, using using apps and sometimes sort of manually tracking and and rewarding behaviour and lots of different things. But what I do tell students who are who are often a little bit tenuous about this idea is that the accrual of credits toward or you know credit points, however different unis um, or educational institutions call them. Leading towards the achievement of a certificate at the end, a certification, which is essentially the kind of digital badge, a badge of some kind, is the most mundane gamification form <laughs> you can think of. So I just say to students, if we've, if our educational system's already gamified, let's at least make it interesting.
1: And. You did sort of gloss over, say, you use elements of, of gaming. I, I, wanna, I want you to explain those, those various elements. How, how do you do that
0: in sure. your teaching? Yeah, well, I, there's lots of different ones. Uh, I use lots of different ones to varying degrees. It depends on, on the unit. So just to give a few examples, interactive storytelling is a, is a major element that, mm-hmm. that can be applied in lots of different areas. I use a point system, so a virtual currency, which is essentially a point system with students Sort of who are the more active they get on online media, I won't give all the details, but they achieve, they level up. Uh, they their activity is tracked. They can get unlockable content. I'll send them extra videos. I've got side quests, which is another game element where I set them challenges in a certain week, and then they get rewarded for that. Um, you know, the top ten percent of what I call tiffets after my little Shih Tzu companion, um, they get a let- special letter of recommendation at the end of trimester. So it's just all these little non-mark or non-grade based achievements and rewards that can kind of spark more activity and and when I'm teaching with social media there's often real-time feedback just through the like of a tweet which instant feedback is a form of uh is a form of gaming a game design element of its own
1: and what has been the reaction from students I mean has it worked I mean you can put all the bells and whistles but if it yeah. doesn't doesn't please them,
0: yeah and and you never know until you do it and and I suppose one thing I, I would say in case I forget later is that gamification is no it's not a cookie-cutter model that applies everywhere. Uh, in my teaching of digital media, it's certainly – I suppose the yeah. only word I can use is it's been transformative. Uh, the, what, what's often called in various industry contexts and not just education as a crisis of engagement, and I don't mean that just as people who are being you know, a bit lazy or demotivated. I mean that's actually the crisis of people engaging the people as well, so the experience that people are offering. And And when I say that in industry forums, everyone just nods their heads. So, you know, it's not just education, but the crisis of engagement that I had seen and was very demotivating to me, I have to admit, over the years, really the the very first time I gamified my teaching was the first time I didn't worry about it at all. I just saw a transformative effect with student, uh, student reactions and responses to this were amazing. Uh, so, you know, and I've honed it over time. So it's kind of just something that I play around with and it evolves over time and, and I've seen students who graduate or they're working with other students in a peer mentoring status or in their current or um, soon to be future workplaces or going on internships they gamify things for other people in industry and it works.
1: It's so interesting because we've talked about a crisis of engagement on this show and in terms of democracy in terms of, sort of the caliber of um, political debate so it goes you know beyond beyond education there and also we will tackle this um this sort of crisis of engagement and the commercial sector as well, but but we will get to mm-hmm. that. But I, I just want to let's just take it right back. Why do we play games? I mean, what what is the payoff? Why do why do they work?
0: Well, there's a lot of psycho- psychological research, and, and it's something that that I'm certainly not a, an expert to speak about because people have done all these kinds of physiological mm-hmm. tests and seen the the physical responses that people get when playing games. I'd take it back just to the the basic comparison that I would make between imagine when you see someone uh, reading a book or watching a film And then imagine when you see someone playing a game. And I've secretly recorded, you know, people playing games, and then got their permission and used it in videos. Before we may
1: have one of those people sitting next to (laughs) exactly right. My um. my partner
0: was getting gets very excited when she and on the edge of her seat and you know screaming or crying, um, metaphorically speaking, when she's winning or losing a game. And that's Mm -hmm. the same as a lot of people. Now I'm not saying there's anything um, that's less uh, interesting or important about reading and watching consuming media, but the more interactive engagement with uh, games in particular, but not only those things, gamified media, the more people do tend to get invested in it emotionally, um, you know, physically. So we do. there is a payoff for games that, do, that resonates in non-gaming contexts when they're applied there.
1: Human beings like to play. Mm. We, we just like to play. And and it's it's how we learn too, isn't it? So sort of mm. taking that that gamification and, and using it. But let's give us some of those commercial examples. You mentioned Boost Juice. Now, let we won't assume that our listeners know what that is. And could mm. you also tell us about the, the Hungry Jacks yeah. one as well?
0: <laughs> there are plenty of them. I mean, probably the one the one that people know, the non-digital example, though I'm sure there's probably a digital format there, mm-hmm. is the McDonald's Monopoly. So that kind of thing uh, has been applied in, in more nuanced ways probably uh, in the Boost Juice app which was just anecdotally me talking to a few people that worked at Boost. They released an app where people played along and then they could sort of get a lot of points and then on a daily basis they could unlock a coupon which basically gamified consumer behaviour and that led to skyrocketing sales. People were very busy when they had the vouchers on that app and they they sort of go through waves of whether they have the vouchers on the app or not. Uh, The Hungry Jacks app is something that actually has a time duration limit so it's bringing in sort of time Time limits, another gaming element, which is really effective. So, within one kilometer of a Hungry Jacks, um, I almost said restaurant, but people probably, you know, that's what they call it, I think. Uh, within one kilometer of Hungry Jacks, you'd be walking and driving by and you can click on the app. And I don't actually have this, but my partner clicks on it, even if we're not intended to go there, just out of curiosity to see what you will get. And it unlocks some kind of coupon, which, you know, gives you a voucher, a half price, whatever, a free whatever. And then you have 20 minutes before that expires so it kind of puts a pressure on you and I, I don't know I, I've done no research on how that particular example works but you can imagine the way in which people would engage with that just something a little bit innovative a little bit novel um, that probably does have an impact on a lot of people uh, I'm not necessarily saying that's a great impact given the, the context that it's in but um, it, it does show another application of gamification and how potentially um, useful it can be
1: that's that is so interesting, and I will take us there now. Um, what's what is your response? Let's take you to the a bit of the darker side of of the gamification. Come with me, Adam. <laughs> um, what is your response to those who claim that um, gamification can serve this neoliberal sort of capitalist agenda, where we are assumed to be the product, not assumed we we are the product, and even worse under surveillance it's a it's a way of surveillance so that's two two questions there but, hmm. but take your time i'd be really interested
0: sure yeah there there are a few few articles out there now gamification research into it is is just starting in some ways um, Probably I put my academic hat on and my annoying academic hat and say I agree and I also disagree. Uh, gamification is such—you go back to my definition—it's such a broad-based, almost ubiquitous phenomenon. When I teach it to students and they understand what it is, I just get a ton of tweets and and recognition that oh, everything I use is gamified these days. All the apps for language learning and so on. So that's—it's to say to suggest as some people do that gamification is universally bad, and they often implicitly say that, is almost as simplistic as saying social media is bad. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. so ubiquitous, it's so widespread. I certainly am concerned myself and and completely acknowledge that there are negative sides of gamification. The exploitation of it by consumer capitalism in in lots of different ways, and not just pinpointing the examples I talked about. Do risk sort of making this process, this phenomenon of gamification, um, banalized, mundane to the point that people will no longer get interested. If you think if everything had unlockable content, everything had a point system, and and you can go to lots of examples such as you know China's merit system that they're trying out, and the sort of social credit system, uh, and the way in which citizens can be ranked. There's an example of gamification there, which is quite you know fraught you know, to put it that way. Uh, through to lots Lots of examples um, of, you know, in the political sphere and, and many others. At the same time, like the issue of voter surveillance, you mentioned surveillance before, and this is a little bit separate to gamification, but that's becoming more and more nuanced. There are scholars who are saying, you know, the discourse about voter surveillance was very dystopian recently, but really when you look at current contemporary campaigns people are not questioning it as much. It's, it's basically if you're not doing it, you're going to be missing out. Uh, so how to engage people? There are going to be pros and cons. And I think of gamification as a tool where it can be used in different ways. It's, a t- it's like social media. It can be used for different purposes, for different audiences, and by different designers. Um, and you know, we, we, you know, we can use it in positive and, and negative um, light.
1: Well, I think that's a perfect spot for us to have a a bit of a break. We'll be back after this community announcement. Do you live in Darabin? Darabin Council is here to help you in whichever language you speak. If you have a question about your rates, rubbish collection or any council matter, call us on our multilingual telephone line on 8470 8470 to speak with one of our officers or an interpreter. Or you can visit us at our office in Preston, Reservoir or Northcote call us on 8470-8470 or come and see us. A 3CR supporter.
0: everyone who participated in our listener survey earlier this year you provided us with some great insight into what you really love about 3cr and what we could do better we'll be working towards improving our on-air programming and look forward to your continued involvement remember you can give feedback to the station anytime via our website facebook page or by calling the station and leaving us a message thanks for listening
1: We're back at 3CR Communication Mixed Down with Adam Brown from Deakin University. Now, Adam, we were talking about the dark side of gamification. You took us there. You pulled us back from the brink, and this um, prevented us from embracing a dystopian view of gamification. So let's now go frolic in some fields, some nice happy <laughs> places. Take us where there's rainbows and unicorns. Let's talk about the positive side of gamification. Um Health, you he were saying, in the health industry, there's yeah. a lot of positive.
0: Yeah, well, it's being applied in different ways. It's it's certainly not a not seen as necessarily a, a replacement. Uh, it's something that can complement. Um, traditional approaches to mm. mental well-being for instance um, there's a lot of motivational apps out there at the moment which are being used by people uh, suffering from depression for instance uh, there's some there's one that in particular that's designed it's called super better it's designed by someone uh, Jane McGonigal who had a, a car accident she got a, um, a brain injury from that she actually designed an app um, based uh, on her needs for that and that's sort of become a, a hugely used app that's just one example of these kinds of apps which are essentially they give they sort of give little achievements and little and little prods to people but a really basic form of a game element is an interactive checklist, a checklist. And when you think about it, people love checklists. That, you know, my students rave about them when I put them into a digital form. But people often thrive with checklists. And there's a lot of motivational apps now which are essentially interactive checklists. And I'm a fairly motivated person anyway, intrinsically speaking. But I still use multiple apps, one to teach myself Mandarin uh, in order to check that app. I've got Habitica, which is sort of a, got a bit of a fantasy role-playing theme there. Uh, and that motivates me to check, um, you know, different things to undertake. Just gives me a little bit of a, more, a push over the edge, is how I phrase it um, to my students, and it's it's just a little bit of a reminder and a little bit more motivation. Now, uh, tell for me about to Habitica
1: because on you know after you told me about that, I downloaded it. And I – I, I I didn't feel it. Why am I, I'm not feeling it? But you, mm. you tell me a bit about that.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's basically as I said, it's it's something you set your goals. Uh, you can set your rewards as well, but yeah. you can accrue experience and so on. It's got a fantasy theme, like a few different ones, and that can be what turns people off at times. And there are more kind of streamlined apps like Todoist, and I don't want to sound like I'm giving advertisements out here. I no, can no, show I, you I my love phone. those. There's yeah. so many different ones um, that you can download, and it's just to give people a little bit more structure. Uh, a little bit more of a push. Um, Duolingo is one that people may or may not have heard of. Which a lot of probably most people who use it, the millions of people that have used it, don't think of it as being gamified. But it's an immensely effective way in which people learn languages and it it, it, basically you can it's got levels and you level up and over time once you've passed those early levels they will those badges will start to disappear to remind you to rehone those those language lessons and what I've been fascinated with I've met a lot of uh, linguistics lecturers at uni and a lot of people have never heard of these things whereas it's something that can really complement in in this gamified solutions can complement people's other ways of of learning and, and dealing with health issues and
1: so on. That is so interesting, isn't it? Because what I find, um, as you say, it's almost like opening Pandora's box once you hear about gamification. I'm finding it so difficult now to think how my life isn't gamified in you know, so many ways. And it really ties into that, that basic motivation of we, we just like to get to the next thing, isn't it? It seems mm. to just really speak to who we are as 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 human beings,
0: yeah, it, it is, and, and and you know, there's nothing wrong with um, rewarding yourself, and I think that's actually what I've discovered through my own application of gamification is that we're not very good at one motivating ourselves and intertwined with that rewarding ourselves and figuring out how to motivate motivate ourselves it's not talked about explicitly all that much it's sort of almost an implicit assumption when for instance when a student comes into a university that they're motivated because they're here and uh, you know the, the teachers and particularly when i started teaching i was never told it's my job to motivate students it's 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 more the the onus is on students whereas i think that that's You know, probably if you ask many lecturers these days, how motivated do you feel on a day to day basis? And motivation is something that. It fluctuates. It's not, it's not something you're highly motivated or you're not. It fluctuates often from day to day, if not moment to moment in certain circumstances. Yeah. So actually being aware of that and figuring out how to motivate people, whether it's in the political sphere or the, you know, uh, obviously there's a lot of commercial applications, but in particularly educational areas and professional development in the workplace. HR, as I was saying earlier, it, gamification is huge in its application there because um, people need the extra push along. Uh, for various reasons.
1: That is... That's that's quite fascinating, and you talk about this this lack of motivation, and you know, bringing it back to teaching and having to front up and you know, keep these students involved and engaged and learning. That happened recently, didn't it? Where a, a lecturer turned up to an empty <laughs> classroom, and I actually you did flash into my mind Adam, because I just thought that wouldn't have happened to you in a very long time. Yeah. No,
0: I, I don't think I had a, a lecture. There was none uh, that I could tweet about. Not that I was probably tweeting back then, but I, I don't do lectures. Anymore, I, I basically gamify all my teaching online via YouTube and so on, uh, with actually sort of unlockable YouTube videos as part of that. So I just want to yeah. stop
1: you there. That's quite an extraordinary statement for an educator. You don't do lectures anymore. So mm. everything, everything's online, and so you have. Um, there's YouTube, there's Twitter, SoundCloud. You're using all of those mm. those things to pull pull your students in and they're learning it's working
0: yeah well I mean stats don't lie and and gamification is often a lot about Mm -hmm. stats and this is a little bit by the by of gamification but when I think back to 2013 when I was doing my final lectures and I had a a world expert actually a professor um come in to do the very first lecture I hadn't done any to scare anyone away and (laughs) uh there was about 30 or 40 people in the room out of a possible 180 and that only dropped off throughout the trimester um I actually see when I've got over maybe 200 views on YouTube, they might be shorter, they might be uh, simplified in some ways and need to be supplemented by other things. But really when it comes down to it, this does kind of connect up to that crisis of engagement where... Mm We, we need to think innovatively about how we engage people and gamification is one possible partial solution to that in a lot of contexts. For me, it's only part of the solution because I've also gone to you know, interactive, innovative sort of content online as well.
1: And that's important too because this stuff doesn't just magic itself up out of nowhere, does it? Tell us a bit about the process of... Gamification.
0: Yeah, well, I can give a few insights to that. I, I um, actually co-host a, a web series called Our Gamified World with uh, an interactive learning developer at Deacon and she built a gamified solution for a law unit which took uh, four to six months of full-time work. I can't remember how much it was, but you think of the resources involved and students probably do spend 20 to 30 minutes each on that, but that's kind of a more content gamification solution. With my structural form of gamification, uh, I'm, I'm on there several times, a day seven times a week tracking activity and so on it's it's a very complicated system i won't get into here but gamification can be very resource intensive like a lot of different uh, kinds of activities so uh you know it, i suppose if i was to tell anyone who's thinking about gamifying something um starts more uh, you know, try something, try a challenge, try a mini challenge, and see how it goes. Invariably, that kind of something new and keeping it fresh is the hard thing. Actually, even in an eleven-week trimester that I teach, I constantly have to regenerate a system with different challenges, different rewards, because things get banal pretty quickly.
1: And I'm, I'm smiling here because I'm just thinking in this in the background, you're using all those different little apps to motivate yourself to get <laughs> to motivate your students to keep it keep it fresh and going. Well, yeah. Adam, thank you so much for. Coming along and talking with us about this, I really um, think you've opened up a whole whole world that was always there, but we hadn't quite looked at. So, no. thanks so much for your time. Thanks
0: for having me, and thanks for listening, everyone.
1: That was Dr. Adam Brown from Deakin University, and he was speaking to us about the promise and also the threat of gamification. And you can find more details about Adam, including his blog, on our website. So that's it for Communication Mixdown this week. Thanks to John Langer for his help in the studio today and we're back next Thursday and we look forward to seeing you then.